Welcome to Startup to Scale, a podcast by Food Bevy. I'm your host, Jordan Buckner. Join me as I talk to aspiring entrepreneurs, seasoned industry experts, and everyone in between as we unlock the keys to growing from startup to scale. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Startup to Scale podcast. Today is a special one. I'm going to be talking about email marketing and how to optimize and audit your email marketing campaigns, along with the language and copy uh, to resonate with your customers and build relationships. So for this conversation, I have invited on Emilia Tanase, who is the founder of Kaleidocopy. Welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me. So I'd love for you just to give a quick 15-second overview of the work that you do in helping brands. Yeah, so I help e-commerce brands and personal brands make more money with their email marketing. Um, And I do that with the power of storytelling and customer value optimization. These are the the things that, you know, aren't really talked about that much, or if they are, it's only like at the conceptual level. But with email storytelling... Um, I help clients create a fan base, people who aren't just subscribed to their emails, but want to buy specifically from them. And with customer value optimization, you know, I help people set up their customer journey so that people get excited to buy from them. I absolutely love that. And the reason um, we partner together is because with our the, my other business, Good Food Brands, we had some email uh, flows that were set up there a little older and needed some refresh. And so I thought it'd be a perfect opportunity to work with Amelia to audit the flows, some of the flows that we had to understand what was working, what wasn't, and ways of adding some more personality and excitement to the emails. So what I'd love for you to do, Amelia, is kind of talk about um, what you saw when you first looked at our email campaigns and the original flows. Um, and we'll start with there. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, when I first started, I had a look at your campaigns and I'm going to be honest, like they weren't bad at all. Like, um, for example, I lo- love the fact that you were getting very personal and introducing yourself through that short video, introducing the cause and, you know, why people should buy snacks from you as opposed to the grocery store or any other place. So every time someone buys from good food brands they're actually supporting minority and women-owned businesses and that's great not only because it's true (laughs) and it's a great cause but also because you know as we found out from your customer research it's what your customers wanted to feel good by doing good in the world so that's you know those are the first things that i was kind of like yeah these are some great emails and then were there some gaps in what i was doing yeah, so um the first thing I noticed is that there were not enough emails in a sequence. Like you had something like two emails per sequence. There was a conditional split there of some sort, which made it so that each person would receive only two emails. Two is still better than nothing. Um, but usually like for a card abandonment sequence, for example, it started five emails. I found that to be the sweet spot. And then, you know, it can go on for as long as you want. I know brands who send like 30 plus day long card abandonment sequences. And they can do that because if you're mixing in content with sales emails, your non-customers will never actually realize that they are in a card abandonment sequence. They'll think you're just sending some fun, informative emails, but in reality, it's all automated. So it's pretty cool. Um, apart from that, the, what the sequence was really missing was, um, you know, some of the 
key elements of a card abandonment sequence like urgency, you know, why should they buy now? Well, because you sell out fast and their card is about to expire and, you know, we added in a special discount for them that was going away soon. And that um, brings me to the next one, which is, you know, an incentive to complete the purchase. I think we used a very small discount, like a 10%, um, which was only mentioned in the last two emails. And that's actually a good practice. You shouldn't give out discounts in the first emails because people might buy regardless. You know, they might just be distracted by something and that's why they're not completing the purchase. Um, so we used an incentive and then we build more trust. Um, obviously you had your video there already, so that was good for building some trust, but, um, we also peppered in some reviews whenever any claims were made. Cause, you know, especially when it comes to snacks, um, uh, reviews are especially important and you want to feature those in your emails as well. So we used a bunch of those. And then focusing in only on one call to action per email was important. Um, returning to their cards uh, in most cases, because I think you had in some places where people should click the video or like reply to you and go to their card in the same email. So just making sure they had one clear action to do that was important. Um, making a guarantee. I think there was one free credit if you didn't like any one of the snacks and that was missing from the sequence. Uh, you told me that we should add that in as well. So that it was great that we had that. And finally, I think one of the most important aspects, you already had some of it, but I just amplified, like added, added more of your awesome personality to the content of the emails. And yeah, that, that was it basically. <laughs> I, I appreciate that second look because I know a lot of our listeners will have set up their kind of email marketing flows or had someone help them with it, but then you kind of just let it run without mm -hmm. taking a look at what's performing well and what's performing poorly. So you can know um, what's resonating with your customers and if you're able to to build those relationships. You know, one thing that I've been a big advocate for recently or actually thinking about how can you build individual relationships with all your customers as best as possible. I feel like in this world of mass emails, it's just kind of like sending out the same thing to everyone, which mm -hmm. is easy to do. Um, but it's really when you can build some type of um, real experience or interaction with a customer that you can mm -hmm. um, really leverage them and turn them into super fans. And so mm -hmm. I think that like adding a lot of those personality apps um, elements and like asking questions and things like that to our audience is super valuable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like that's missing quite a lot from email marketing now. You know, it's all about discounts, 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 and all about trying to get people to buy without investing the time necessary to build a relationship with them. And it can be done through personality um, uh, copy like we did. It can be done through actual stories. Like there are many ways to do it. Um, and yet we feel like we should follow what everyone else is doing and just, you know, use the mythical we. We are doing this and you should buy from us. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I know. One of my favorite stories is actually uh, a previous business we were doing. As I was doing a meal kit delivery company and mm -hmm. I was doing everything from like buying the ingredients, prepping them and doing all the deliveries. 
And one of our customers, I dropped off the package to their house and they're like, oh, thank you. And like, asked me a question. I was like, oh yeah, like I'm the founder of the company. And she was so excited and amazed to have like the founder of a, any company show up at her door and like personally yeah. welcome me there that she like took a picture and <laughs> we actually like became friends and we're still friends to this day. And that was eight years ago. And so that's just one story of like how a customer then can turn into a, you know, you can build a relationship with them and turn that into a, a friendship. So doing business, even as an e-commerce company, doesn't have to be so anonymous or devoid of, of soul. Totally. Yeah. That's so cool. And it can easily be translated into email. Like if you were just to send an email from the CEO's point of view, you know, like welcoming people and stuff, it's so much more personal than just saying, Hey, here's your discount code from your welcome <laughs> series. You know what I mean? Exactly. So let's talk a little bit about how you actually go about creating that personality infused email. Yeah. So I think perhaps the biggest phase is the research phase. Even if it's, you know, all about personality and stuff, we still need to look very closely at information on your customers. Um, and I know that you had a document like that with demographics and interests and all that good stuff. Um, but then, you know, I audit the type and the amount of the research that the customer gives me. And um, if it doesn't answer my main research questions, I then, you know, continue researching by myself. So oftentimes that will involve a survey or um, um an interview with your customers or just me scrolling forums and looking for, you know, how your customers describe their problems and the solutions that they're thinking of and stuff like that. So everything kind of stems from this. Um, even like the stories, I then go to the founder and discuss, you know, what stories we're going to be telling in these emails. They kind of like have to fit in together with what we find about the customers. Uh, but then after this research phase, I obviously look into the Klaviyo account and make sure, you know, the automations are set up before all else. Um, oftentimes brand owners come to me looking for help with email, uh, just so they can make more money, but they don't know exactly what they need. So the Klaviyo audit is really useful in that sense. But after all of this, then comes the fun part where you know, it's all about like strategizing and finding ideas for new campaigns, sourcing story ideas and mixing those with other types of content as well. Like maybe you have a brand where you need to educate your readers a bit, your customers a bit. Um, so depending on what you're selling, maybe like a really new supplement or something like that. So you can mix educational content with stories, with sales content, um, and yeah, this is the part where I would plan, write, edit all the emails. Um, and it all stems from the stories I get from the founder together with the customer research. And yeah, that's it. <laughs> it sounds simple, but I know it can be complicated kind of getting the right tone and the right kind of excitement kind of in there. I know um, one thing that you did just look reading through our emails was infuse a lot more kind of fun and personality within there mm -hmm. as well. And something that um, I did, you know, some of our emails before were like a little drier <laughs> in terms mm -hmm. of excitement. Um, and so like having something that's fun and entertaining can also lead to more engagement because a lot of people are inundated with so many emails these days that mm -hmm. really that uh, beyond just like a really good discount, the entertainment of an email is also really important, right? 
Yeah, and people don't expect to see that kind of email in their inbox, you know. So I think I I got an email this week, you know, because it's all the Black Friday frenzy and all of that. And it was something like the subject line, I think, was worms are gross. And then their preview text was like, early birds get 30% off. So that 30% off was better than worms for early yeah. <laughs> And that was super fun. Like I clicked that immediately, you know. I like that. I actually just got one today um, as well that said, don't subscribe for like, don't subscribe to us today or like, don't purchase us today. You're like, hey, we're running. It was a, a preview for a sale that they're having. So they're like, don't buy from us because tomorrow we're having a big sale. And so why pay full price when you can get a discount tomorrow? And that. right, like it, it's pretty simple. Um, and kind of announcing that you have a sale coming on, but it's creative because they're like, oh, why shouldn't I buy from you? And it mm -hmm. invites curiosity and then say, oh, you know, if I was thinking about buying this product, um, I appreciate them letting me know that yeah. the sale is tomorrow and they're actually having a sale. Um versus me buying the product full price from not really thinking about it. So I thought that was a simple but creative way of doing so. Yeah, for sure. And it's very considerate, like you said. And it shows that, you know, that brand is going the extra mile to make um, the experience of the customer, you know, very pleasing and risk-free and all that stuff. And this reminds me of the email that, you know, we added to your post-purchase sequence, which didn't really serve a purpose as to make sales. Like we, I just added an email in there just to make your customers feel good about the purchase they made. And it was like how to enjoy your snacks. And it was like a five-step process of how you open the box and how you wipe the drool off your face. So like, you know, <laughs> it was just fun. And that, that was the purpose of that email. Yeah, I love that. And actually, that's a good reminder. I'm going to talk with you offline as well, because um, one thing that we're adding into our Good Food Brands branding is helping people to give and receive joy uh, mm -hmm. through like gifting. And so there's probably some really awesome opportunities of like really playing up the the excitement, the joy that people get from both giving a gift and receiving a gift and really mm -hmm. playing on the, not playing, but like really tapping into the emotions that people have when doing so, because it's actually a really important part of their uh, their life. Yeah, that's that's so cool. And you can truly get creative with this. That's so cool about email. Like once you have the elements in place of, okay, what do I need this sequence to contain in order to help people to make a decision to buy from me? Okay, I need some urgency. I need an incentive, blah, blah. But after you think of what your urgency and incentive are and all the other elements, you can literally just brainstorm how and just get crazy how am i gonna make this email as fun as possible while making sure i include these five elements like that's it you don't need any templates you don't need anything you know just to get creative basically yeah my friend uh ali ball who runs a uh, foop is whiz in the retail ready course a lot of our listeners will know her uh, she posted on linkedin um, a couple of weeks ago when this will air about how she unsubscribed from a bunch of emails with companies who just messaged her for like Black Friday sales, having <laughs> not sent a single email to her like all year long or for the past six months. It's like, don't come to me just with like trying to make a sale, actually build like I want to buy from people who I have a relationship with, even if it's digitally um, and, and can help. And so that was just really powerful as well. And a reminder to brands to make sure that you're communicating and building that relationship with your customers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I actually saw a tweet today that made me laugh because it was something like, today's the day when you unsubscribe 
subscribe for most of your email lists because like they keep sending emails and you don't know who that person is because they haven't emailed you in like a year or something like that. So, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, we talked about it a little bit, but, you know, when you start to infuse personality and, and understanding your customers, you know, what does success look like for a campaign that's created that way? Hmm. Um, so success looks like increased retention rates. And I know not a lot of people talk about this. I'm not sure why, because retention rates are so important. Like how many customers are you keeping? How many customers are coming back to you to order more versus the amount of new customers you have? A lot of brands are focusing too much on acquisition, you know, through Facebook ads. And that's great. Like you need new customers, but only to a point. Because there comes a time when you need to see like how many customers you're bringing in versus how many you're retaining. And when the balance is off, you need to stop acquiring and start retaining. Um, this is great because it saves you a lot of money. You don't need to be as aggressive with your ads anymore. And you build that fan base through email. You make existing customers want to buy from you all the time. Uh, once you get to that point, you know, with your ad automations and your customer journey um, and any new customer you're going to bring in from then on, like after you uh, take care of, <laughs> of this retention part in your automation, um, they're going to automatically have a great experience and become a fan of your brand as well. It's a loop, a rewarding one if you do it right. And if you cover all your bases, you know, both the retention and the acquisition. So yeah, uh, success looks like increased retention rates. You know, I think that's important. And I have a theory on why people are scared, why founders are scared of retention rates. And I mm -hmm. think it's because that number um, typically goes, like the actual retention rate doesn't go down, but like when you ha acquire a customer, they're likely going to leave at some point. And so a lot of founders are scared to kind of track when that person's going to leave because mm -hmm. I feel like it, they kind of feel a sense of abandonment, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> oh no, they're going to leave again. And, and then I won't, they will never buy from me. And so let me kind of focus the, instead they focus on um, acquiring new customers because sometimes that can look like it goes higher, but I always tell founders to accurately and honestly track your, how many times your customers are purchasing from you over time repeatedly. Is it one, two, three times? And what's the, um, like the lifetime that a customer will typically spend with you. And it will probably look pretty shitty to begin with. It might be two months, right? Like <laughs> they might buy from you once or twice and two months and then never buy from you again. And it sounds really bad. But if you can say like, okay, we're in a tough situation where our customers are only purchasing from us once or twice. And mm -hmm. then you change your mindset to how can I as we talked about, like create that relationship and built the habit where that customer then buys us three, four, five times and mm -hmm. increasing that, then that is can create a much stronger business um, mm -hmm. and more devoted fans um, versus just acquiring people at the top end and maybe getting purchased once and then dropping out the bottom of the funnel. Yeah, because I mean, like, what does that say about Maybe your product or maybe, you know, your whole brand, if someone only buys from you once and then never again, you know, like there is a problem there of some sort and, you know, it's your responsibility and you, you should want to improve that if you want to grow your business at the same time. So, yeah. <laughs> so can you share maybe an example of a brand who's really pushing the concept of relationship building and email? 
Yes, like, oh my God, my audience on LinkedIn knows this about me. I'm obsessed with uh, this mushroom coffee company. They're called Four Sigmatic. Maybe you've heard of them. Um, but like everything they do is just top notch. I've never in my life loved the brand so much. It's ridiculous. Their emails are so good. It's like um, the example I told you earlier with worms are gross. Early birds get 30% off. I got that email from them today. Um, and they're building these relationships like they're, they're doing something called parasocial interaction, which, um, a parasocial relationship is basically when you have a perceived closeness to like a fictional character or someone on TV, a celebrity, like the celebrity doesn't know you exist, but you feel as though you are their friend. Uh, and that's the kind of concept these people are bringing in. Um, and I'll give you an example of the type of stories they tell. So their from name uh, on their email is always, always a person, not the name of the brand. Um, and then at some point I got to know the person who was emailing. She's Danielle from Four Sigmatic. So I know her. I know what she looks like. And um, uh, she works there, right? It's not her company like you are with Good Food Brands, right? So really the whole company is involved in this. And they sent uh, an email about one of their team building events, I think. And in that email, they were basically talking about, you know, how much they love mushrooms. And there were pictures of them, you know, finding mushrooms in the wild and holding them to the camera. And then there was an email from the CEO directly. He wrote like a, a book about mushrooms and how excited he was about it. And he was, you know, spreading the word, but in a, in a fun way, like we wrote your emails, they, they are writing in a similar way. So I just think it's really cool. And every time I open their emails, I never know what I'm going to expect. Because that's one of the problems with email now. Um, when you send so many emails with discounts, you always know, okay, I, I know this brand is always going to send me a discount. So why should I bother open their email? You know, but when you don't know what to expect when their content is so different, um, they can pick your curiosity. So yeah, for Sigmatic, check them out yeah. <laughs> email wise. I'm a big fan of, of them as well. And I think I've only like bought their product once, but I was actually on their email list for years just because I enjoyed their emails um, for so long. I mean, that kind of goes into another topic. Like what's the biggest problem that you're seeing with email right now? Um, yeah, so I think it's actually not enough relationship building. Um, shallow emails that push down discount after discount. Um, a lot of sameness, really. And part of it is, you know, I was actually reading the Data and Marketing Association survey a while ago, and they asked a bunch of brands what their top three struggles was, were when, uh, you know, when it comes to email marketing. And a big percentage of them said lack of content ideas. Um, and it's understandable because, you know, the industry is kind of teaching us that discount works and nothing else. But then there are brands like Four Sigmatic who don't even offer discounts that often. And, you know, they have great success because of their fun emails and stuff. Um, and that kind of content builds report. It makes you a figural part of your customer's life. You become more likable, more trusty when you do that. And when you can tell stories and you get your audience used to you telling stories, um, it does a great thing for you because you will never run out of uh, ideas for your emails, right? Because you can just take stories from your life or from your business. And especially, you know, if you're in the office, like a lot of things happen at the office or um, even at home, if you are very involved as the CEO in your company, you know, as a personal brand. 
So literally that solves the problem of lack of content ideas. Uh, but yeah, those are the, the three main problems I see with email marketing right now. Yeah, and I, I feel like everyone listening has felt those various ways with their own inbox and the emails that they get. I know I'm mm -hmm. constantly weeding through my emails and deleting things that are no longer like interesting or, or relevant. Um, but even once they're entertaining, even if I may or may not purchase the product, I still keep um, because I love the storytelling. I love hearing the, mm -hmm. what's going on with, with their company. So some inspiration for everyone listening. Amelia, thanks so much for being on today and sharing all these tips. We um, will pub be publishing the changes made with our Good Food Brands email flows on the our foodbevy.com site. And so we'll link those in the show notes as well once those that's published. And so be sure to check it out and see the personality that Amelia was able to infuse into our emails. Amelia, thanks so much for being on. Thanks so much for having me. I loved geeking out with you on emails. <laughs>